I'm going to uh, spend this segment talking about deception and then want to shift us into a, a lower posture of mourning before the Lord and repentance. And so that's what we're looking at here over the next uh, 25 minutes or so. I'm really grateful for this 10 days that's helped change my life. I know I got to get into my material here, but I just got to keep talking here for a moment. I uh, uh, couldn't go on without mentioning um, uh, my my background with, with college students as well as now a background with 10 days. It's, it's truly been meaningful, helpful, uh, connecting with God in new ways. And, uh, and in light of the environment we live in, I think we'd all agree that it requires 10 days of prayer. We're not going to get the job done with an hour prayer time here and there. We need 10 days. And so praise God. And I can't wait for the, the fall 10 days to, to come upon us as well. Um, so with that said, I want to read a, a short passage out of Revelation chapter 20 and just put it in context. And again, we're talking about deception here. Uh, the end of, of Revelation chapter 19 um, it's very interesting because Jesus has returned and the beast of Revelation 13, it's been thrown into the lake of fire as has the, uh, the false prophet, but not Satan. Um, Satan gets this weird assignment here that I'm going to read about, and it's very important for us today. So anyway, starting in, in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the uh, abyss, or in other words, the bottomless pit, and a great chain was in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed after these things, he must be released for a short time. So instead of going directly to the lake of fire, like the beast and the false prophet, he is chained into the, in the, in the abyss. Um, and then it, it goes on to explain later um, uh, that, that he himself will end up in the lake of fire, but that's not until verse 10, but there's this thousand year period we call the millennium where, uh, where Satan is bound but he's not yet in a lake of fire. He's released for a short time at the end of the thousand years. But why did he get thrown in there in the first place at Jesus' second coming? It says in verse 3, so that he would no longer deceive the nations. Now, typically, when uh, uh, we think about Satan, we think about a roaring lion that's trying to find someone, an individual person, to devour. We think about someone who's trying to tempt us into sin. We're thinking about someone who's trying to peg off individual Christians and so that they, they are no longer effective for Christ. And that is a huge part of, of Satan's endgame. But what I want to highlight here is that his endgame is not only to deceive you and me and our Christian friends and family members as individuals. It says right here in verse 3 that the reason he's thrown into the abyss is so that he will quit doing what? Again, deceive the nations. Okay, so um, there's some pretty serious stuff going on here, but I want to fast forward a bit and just say, so in light of America and in light of our modern culture and our emphasis on education and technology and so forth, is this a passage we should be 
concerned about. Um, you know, doesn't Satan show up in some countries that practice witchcraft and voodoo and uh, America is fine without uh, getting into this tangle with Satan himself? Well, uh, let me highlight this very prominent ways that this deceiver has been deceiving our nation here in America uh, in the last year or so. Um, now, there's many other areas I might touch on those, but the point is, is that we need to wake up in terms of our prayer lives and what's actually going on here in terms of our nation, because the enemy is trying to deceive entire nations. For example, I'm assuming everybody on this call would be well acquainted at this point with cancel culture. Cancel culture is a form of intimidation. Now, Jesus, in John chapter 8, he calls Satan, he gives him a new name, he calls him the father of lies. Now, what does a father of lies need in order to give smackdown to anybody that disagrees with his nefarious purposes and his life? He needs cancel culture. We need to shift here and understand that absolutely we are tangling with Satan himself, according to Revelation chapter 20, verse 3, on a national level, when we look at cancel culture. we got to quit pretending this is just some sort of concoction that came up and we kind of need to navigate it, blah, blah, blah. No, we need to reject it and we need to understand what it is and how it is at play on a, a, national, a national level. Now, here I am speaking from an American perspective, if you're on from other nations, and I understand that there are many people on these calls from other nations, I totally get that. Uh, please just uh, uh, tailor these comments to whatever your nation is dealing with. Okay, but it doesn't stop there. We are told that we have to follow the narrative. Okay, now it's one thing if the narrative is biblical. It's totally something else if the repeated narrative repeated enough so that the broad culture believes it, if that narrative is repeated so often and it's false. We have to understand that we're getting, receiving false narratives largely through the media and that this is also deceiving our entire nation. Now, just to put a little punctuation point on this, there is, as I just referred to a minute ago, in Revelation specifically identified the false prophet. And I've heard people recently say that it seems like mainstream media and their outlets and accomplices, that is the false prophet. Well, I, I would resonate largely with that. However, I think it's just an expression of what the false prophet does. I do believe that the false prophet is an actual person prophet, like the Antichrist is an actual person Antichrist. And that I think it's hard to get away from uh, Revelation 20, verse 10, which I did not read, but it says that the false prophet is thrown into the lake of fire, as is the Antichrist. So this is going to be an expression. So I'm with you that the mainstream media is feeding us lie after lie after lie, and we're being deceived as a nation. However, I do think it's not exactly the same as the false prophet. It's a means by which the false prophet is using. So we're being deceived that way as a nation. Um, but just to talk about this a little bit more in our American context, we gotta wake up to this word algorithms. If they make it sound like a neutral thing and they know your background and what you've clicked on, so they just feed you more of that stuff. Not true. Algorithms 
are part of the father of lies. So we're deeply rooted here biblically, part of the father of lies and what he does to deceive entire nations. Algorithms are programmed by people. Now you can't take them to court because everybody keeps blaming the algorithms, but there's people behind the algorithms. And that's why you will, even though you should be getting on your natural feed X, Y, and Z come through, you're not getting X, Y, and Z. You're getting three other things that are helping to push an agenda. It's very subtle often, but they want you to click on things that will cause you to doubt. I'm just going to, in this context with committed intercessors, I'm just going to say, uh, or fast forward to a lot of material and just say that they're, they want you to believe what's anti-biblical and get you to begin to, um, to doubt faith and the things of God and sexual purity and all, all these kinds of things that, that happen. So, okay, so with that said, um, there's many other areas we could talk about the mantra that's been happening since roughly March of 2020, a little over a year ago, of follow the science and the data. But if you drill down, often the very people that are saying follow the science and the data are not themselves following the science and the data. So you have to be very careful in our environment today and that this is um, a fulfillment of Revelation chapter 20, verse 3, where an entire nation, in our, our case today here at this time, I'm talking about uh, our nation being deceived entirely. Okay, so um, with that said, how do you defeat deception? In other words, how do you defeat the father of lies? We're getting layers, multiple layers of, of lies. How do you defeat someone like this? Well, um, I am a revival guy, and I do want to talk about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit probably on another occasion in more length. However, um, I want to bring it together briefly here in that you, you defeat deception in the father of lies through speaking the truth. The truth is essential. Now, let me bring the, the outpouring of the spirit together with the speaking of truth because they're, they're related. In the upper room discourse, John 14 through 16, and then chapter 17 is the prayer, Jesus prayer. In those five chapters, it talks about the spirit of truth three times so we always focus on the the um the promise of the holy spirit coming to bring power and harvest and all those things that we typically think of with the outpouring of the spirit which is so badly needed and fully on board with um but we often forget that if we're trafficking in the holy spirit that means we're really moving in truth, powerful truth. Think of Jesus with the, with the imagery of the double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Why? Out of his mouth because it's his speech. He's truth. And, and again, in Operating Discord, the Holy Spirit's called the spirit of truth. The more we speak the truth on every topic, gospel being most important, but on every topic, the more we speak the truth, the more we pave the way for the out pouring of the Holy Spirit, because when the Holy Spirit's outpoured, who is he? He is the spirit of truth. And then it's kind of odd, these bookends there with, you got John 14, where Jesus declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You move into those three highlights of the Holy Spirit being called the spirit of truth by Jesus, who is the truth. And then, and then Jesus gives us this prayer in John 17. And what's one of the key points he prays about? 
that you and I and everybody that comes to faith, that we would be sanctified in truth. In other words, enveloped in truth. In other words, having the truth uh, permeate our entire beings, bodies, soul, and spirit. It's got to be about the truth. And I, I, I got a lot of um, input over the years on revival history. I really got to highlight this. Most outpouring of the Holy Spirit revivals end up in the ditch because they didn't follow the truth, but it's the Holy Spirit of truth. It's both. And we were discerning. We understand the truth as we walk out a revival, as we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, because the enemy is trying to get tangled in there again to deceive us. And our flesh gets in there in different ways. Got to follow, follow the truth. Now there's one other uh, point I got to make here. Um, before we take a little bit of a shift. And that is um, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is the often referred to chapter related to the son of perdition, the lawless one. In other words, the Antichrist. And he, he's going to worship and, 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 uh, and desire to be worshipped as God in the temple is what 2 Thessalonians 2 tells us. Okay, but as you continue to read that chapter, I'm going to highlight a couple things here. It's very interesting in terms of, yes, the things we typically quote are there, like, like the Antichrist is a prominent figure here in the last uh, few years of the end times before Jesus returns. Also that the restrainer is removed. And then the delusion comes and And what do we do here? Like, uh, this is... Uh, this is really like vital. Um, and the, uh, the thing is, though, is it says that in this context of the Antichrist and Jesus' second coming, it says, but they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. Again, yes, it's about Jesus as the truth, but this passage three times specifically talks about loving the truth, receiving the truth. And, um, and we don't have enough time today, but this is all about a broad truth on every topic. Yes, the truth about Jesus, the truth about the gospel, the truth about the Bible, but it's talking about truth on every level in terms of everything we encounter, whether you're a businessman or in the entertainment industry or things you run into your family. It's about truth on every single thing that we confront. Okay, but then it goes on to say uh, also in Second Thessalonians 2 that it says, um, God has chosen, or uh, let me back up just uh, a bit. It says, in order that they may be judged who did not believe the truth. And then the, that's verse 12, verse 13, winds out three times here talking about the truth. From, um, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. So, we have a nation right now that's trying to be deceived, and we just prayed for college campuses. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are coming out in the university setting that are lies and our, our poor children who are students there. I just had a son graduate from Western U Michigan University here a couple weekends ago. But you actually pay your tuition so that the faculty will lie to you. The point being is that it's not just in the university, it's in the, the media, it's in politics, it's in all kinds of various areas and aspects of culture. So we need to be 
fully about the truth in that last passage to explain who God has called us to be as we're sanctified in the truth. Now, as we look at this, I think we've got to wonder, especially as we look on the last year um, with uh, not that COVID is not a real issue, but the response to COVID has been absolutely crazy and over over an overreaction when you follow the actual science and the data. So we have to wonder like what's going on there. We look at the race riots. Well, yeah, we wanna purge racism from our hearts, but both Patrice Cullors and one of her co-founders, Alicia Garza, both admit on multiple times of saying, we are trained Marxists. So when we look at things like that, we have to say, wait a second here, we all are against racism. This is the moment for the church to lead not Antifa or Black Lives Matter. How do you do this? You have to do this by following the truth and the scripture that God gives us to lead. This is, nobody else should be leading right now except for God's people, the church, as it relates to racial reconciliation and purging, purging racism from our own hearts and in the church first. And then as God gives grace and opportunity, we move out into the broader um, broader culture. So with that said, with that said, when you look at the deception that has come upon us in our nation, it is vital that we get low before the Lord. It is vital that we say, ask the questions, have we been speaking the truth both to expose the enemy in the satellites, but also have we been speaking the truth to prepare the way for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Uh, in other words, the outpouring of the spirit of truth. So these kinds of things uh, need to come forth. I'm calling on us right now to, 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 to in our posture of our hearts, to get low before the Lord and to, to say, I need to change. I need, I, I need to speak the truth. It could be to family members. It could be to whoever. It could be within our local church where some of these are not popular topics. We need to be speaking the truth for all the, the reasons I've highlighted here and more. You know, and I believe, too, there needs to be even a dialing down another level. Um, not, not only do we need to... Um, repent of not speaking the truth and really being complicit with the father of lies by by making excuses and being soft and trying to build a bridge to everyone including build a bridge to evil which jesus and paul said never build a bridge to evil we've done these things and instead of really uh speaking in and i mean in an appropriate way not on not a a hateful or harsh way but speaking the truth into culture into our churches so forth but not only do we need to do all that, but I'm thinking as well that we should actually be in a posture here in our nation as Christians, a posture of mourning, because there's a reason why things have gotten this far. Uh, I heard 2020 described by somebody as a, as a, um, a, a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck. I mean, there's a reason why we're here, and I believe it's connected to the things I'm saying. I believe it's connected that we have a father of lies 
according to Revelation 20, is who is deceiving entire nations, including our nation. So with that, with that said, um, it's, I want to highlight part of how 10 days got birthed and, and God, God gave Jonathan this word. And it was that, um, that Babylon refuses to mourn before my return. Or Babylon refuses to mourn, but my people will mourn before my return. So let's take a few minutes here. And let's just get low before the Lord. And let's just say, Lord, we're here uh, to mourn the degree to which the deceptions has overtaken our lives, our, our churches, the very churches that you and I attend, uh, how these lives have seemed to um, dominate, uh, dominate social media, dominate, um, dominate mainstream media, other areas, dominate thinking and, and so forth. We want to get low before the Lord. And we just want to say, Lord, we're here because of some things that have been allowed in that should never have been allowed in. And when they were allowed in, we have been complicit in not speaking out the truth and so forth. And so, again, I want to say all that, but also put it in the context of, of believing God uh, for what Jonathan has highlighted on many occasions, and that is entire cities stopping to worship the Lord. It's going to happen in the truth, the Holy Spirit of truth. And so I'm just going to, uh, we're not going to have like a, a round robin prayer time or we're all praying at once. But I just want to ask this right now to go to the Father in prayer. And let's just, just you between, between yourself and the Lord, let's just speak out some things here that are vital. And just communicate in your own words. But communicate to the Lord, uh, Lord, I love you as the truth. And just, just tell him that. Lord, you are the truth. You told us that. And we love you not only for your power and your glory and signs and wonders, but we love you because you're the truth. I don't have to live my life in a fog anymore. I'm following you, Lord, as the truth. Praise the Lord. Just communicate that to him. And, and communicate, too, to the Father that, that you want to reject lies. You want to discern lies and deceptions. Just ask the Lord, Lord, help me to see that. that. Help me to see where... Help me to see where I'm um, allowing this cultural mindset, which some people call zeitgeist, but it's this mindset corporately, and it's like it leaks in, and Lord, I reject that. Lord, I reject thinking like the world thinks, because I know that the father of lies, the great deceiver is behind that. Just communicate that you're rejecting you're rejecting all this garbage, this confusion that is over our, our nation. And then as you just continue to talk to the Lord, ask the Lord for opportunities, even if it's unpopular, ask for opportunities to speak out the truth. And again, that doesn't have to be the first time that we talk with so-and-so. But the opportunity where, where we're, as we love people, we're walking with the Lord and he loves people, that there's doors that are opening up so that you can say the truth 
of course, biblical truth, but it could be it could be truth on other topics too that are creating fear in our culture. And we don't want that. We want people to understand the truth and walk um, not afraid of things because the father of lies told them things, but just speaking truth. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to open up those those relationships, those doors to uh, to impart truth to people that will free them up. Remember where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I know what's been a theme here in, in the last few minutes. Let's just fill that in a bit more, how Jesus phrased it. Where the spirit of truth is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There's joy. Truth is always our friend. And it's really one of our key weapons against him who's deceiving entire nations. And then just to, as we close here, I just want to ask briefly, I'm going to ask the Lord on behalf of all of us. Father, we do ask you, God, to know the truth, but also to be anointed in the truth that the, that the outpouring of the Spirit is upon us. And wherever we go, we, and even in these prayer tents, we're, we're speaking out truth that is anointed from you, Lord. And I ask you to come upon us. I ask you to fill us with the Holy Spirit, with your glory, Lord, and that we would see uh, great victories, great battles won. And I pray that you would continue to lead us in this as we continue through these 10 days of prayer. And we commit ourselves and our nation to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.